0: Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, where every single day, if it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, we are going to talk about it and uh, all that stuff. So my name is Jay Kyle Mann. I am a video producer for The Ringer, and I'm joined per usual by...
1: Kyle Tucker of The Athletic.
0: Yeah. And we have a special, special guest with us today, uh, th- who... Kind of funny, this, this this guy and I are from the same area, vague area, I would say. Uh, we're joined by uh, Brett Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, how are
2: you doing? Of the athletic. I had a whole big bit there where I was going to try to mimic the of the athletic thing, but that's okay. I, no, you, try it
0: again. Here we no, go. Go ahead.
2: No, it's all right. You, you know what? You've done enough mocking with your merciless mocking of that poor guy who says, Locked On Podcast Network, you just, <laughs> you just kill him every day, man.
0: I think he's got a great voice. That guy. he does. He does. I don't know but, who that is, but it's is, a really but... good
1: recreation of it. It's not quite as good as. Uh, it's not quite as good as our, our newsman, but uh, Bill Bryant.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'm an old school Locked On too. I, I, I've done the Locked On. I, I I had Locked On Pelicans way back in the day when this thing was new in its infancy. Yeah, oh,
1: when so nobody a, when a, nobody made any money. <laughs> yeah.
0: I sure as hell didn't. So we got like an old no, school vet here on our hands. But Brett Brett covered for people people that listen to this show probably remember. I mean, Brett in the not so distant past covered Kentucky. How long did you cover UK? What was your path on that one? Uh like a decade.
2: Pretty close to ten years, I think. I think it was five years at the, the Courier Journal and five years at Yahoo and Rivals. Yahoo slash rivals we'll say. Um I think that's right. It might have been four on one of those. I lose track of my career, but about and ten even, years
1: and even more before that, right? When before way you back, left yeah, Kentucky, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, started out, I had you know did the cat's pause for a year after school, and and then wrote you know for the Colonel when I was in school, which has come up actually several times uh, in my new life because I went to Kentucky with Frank Vogel.
1: Yeah, that's pretty great, cr- and wrote about him.
2: I did. Yeah, it was like probably the first big story ever written about Frank Vogel was in the Kentucky Colonel, the student paper, when he was a manager on the kentucky basketball varsity and a player on the jv that that rick patino essentially existed to give overweight nazi muhammad something to do <laughs> it's really year. true like it's legitimately career. true yeah uh and so frank was the point guard and frank was i've told this story like four times this week frank was in a class with one of my roommate's girlfriends and uh he just kind of told her his story and she said yeah you should write about this guy so i did
1: And then I wrote a story about that time, uh, for the athletic about when Vogel got the Lakers job. I wrote a big story about how he begged his way onto the training or the, uh, managerial staff. Uh, and then you got a job. Covering the Lakers and Frank Vogel for the Athletic, so it's all coming full circle here.
0: Very That's, weird. Talk
2: to Frank about that uh, this week. It's very strange.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say. Did he? Did you surprise him? Did you? Do, are you? All, do you all keep in touch in any way, or did you just like walk up and say, "Surprise, buddy"? Like, kind of <laughs> how did that go down?
2: <laughs> we, we have not kept in touch, not in close contact or anything. But you know, I've been covering the league now for a few years, and he was coaching um, during that time, so I did tell him that once in Orlando, and he, he, you know, we're not super close friends or anything but he remembered me writing the story I think it's the kind of thing that you know just in the same way that I remember writing it it's an unusual story to write you know for him it was unusual to be written about at that point in his life so um, he certainly remembered it and uh, we talked about it a little bit
0: yeah, well, uh, so so from Kentucky, you went and broke through the NBA, uh, into the NBA ranks with New Orleans, right? Wasn't that your first? Correct, or was it, yeah, so yeah.
2: I covered the Pelicans for a year, the Thunder for three, the last of those uh, at The Athletic. And then I got the chance about two weeks ago. Uh, I've been in L.A., so I'm talking to you guys uh, seven days. This is my one-week anniversary uh, in Los Angeles, I moved into my apartment a week ago uh, on Friday. So, as we record this Thursday night, this was the night I got to LA last week. Pretty
1: Sweet. crazy,
0: yeah, yeah. Quite a uh, quite a journey that you've been on. But I was saying uh, something funny. I don't think we've mentioned this on here, Kyle, have we? That like way back in the day, uh, my I think my grandmother is friends with Brett's family. And for some reason, she brought it up to me.
1: No, we have not talked about that on this podcast (laughs) about how your grandmother was friends with Brett. No, just that Brett and I had
0: (laughs) had a weird, vague connection in the past. But that, uh, and she was like, Well, Brett Dawson, his or something. I don't remember how it came up, but I know that's how I found out who you were because you went to Bullitt Central, which was in our district. And I remember hitting you up back when I must have been 15 or 16 or something like that. But, uh, yeah, it was like because I wanted to cover sports at the time, and uh, yeah, and Brett Brett was awfully nice to me back back in the day. If I, uh,
2: you know, Kyle yeah. Tucker is the f- person who told me that story, and I had I remembered talking to you, but I did not make the connection that it was the same person. So I vaguely remember those interactions, but I did not know that like you know, video producer extraordinaire Kyle Mann was the person I was talking to back in the day. And I remember, Kyle, when you first told me, I was like, I hope I was not an ass to him. I, <laughs> I wasn't 100% sure it was possible that I was.
1: No, Brett is Brett is well known for being like the greatest person. An ass? Person. No, no, to, for, being, for <laughs> yeah. being really great to, to like young up-and-coming people who are trying to get into the business. He's been very helpful. And even not even young and up-and-comers. Like when I first came to Kentucky and we were essentially – Competing, I was taking Brett's job at the Courier Journal because he was running the rival site. Um, uh, Brett was awesome to me. Brett's a good dude. Yeah.
2: I just want to say that Kyle, you started off, Kyle Mann, you started off saying that we're from the same general sort of area, and what you mean by that is I'm from Bullock County and you're from, from Spencer County, so we're both from shitty places. Where if people ask you, just
0: say Louisville. Because it's just easier. <laughs> my so like, wife was giving me grief about this the other day because in a video for The Ringer, I had to record an intro for myself and I said I'm from Cox's Creek and uh, she was surprised that I said that. I was just like, well, yeah. I didn't want to round up. I wanted to, you know, I didn't want to downgrade. But my dad went to Bull Central and I'm from like closer to Mount Washington. So yeah. not not that far apart. So When you leave the state, I just tell everybody
2: Louisville because it's easier. I was born in Louisville. I did uh, live there. For a period of my life, and then again as an adult. So I, it's, I can say it. And I really, Lexington is kind of home for me, really, in the state. Let's talk some uh, some high school basketball recruiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah. What Brett a that's subject what with here which for. I am uh, closely familiar these days. That is well, life
0: You're out there. You'll be able to go watch this kid that signed or that, well, committed to Kentucky tonight. Devin ask you, you're not too far away from him if you ever wanted to go see him uh, but, out at let Modern me tell Eye. You, let me tell you, if I go see a high school team, that's not gonna be yeah, the one.
1: yeah yeah you'll be at Sierra Canyon <laughs> yes, hanging you're gonna out be with there the constantly.
2: We've actually yeah. talked about the possibility of, of, of how we're gonna handle not not the possibility but um, a strategy for how we might handle them if we decide that we're going to write about them. I
0: you'll mean, do surely, crazy traffic surely, if you do
1: yeah, yeah. surely surely um, there's a, there's different. a story or ten there uh that that team is wild it's it's lebron lebron helped usher in high school high school super teams now uh after doing it in the nba but um our our subject tonight is not a member of that super team he is on a really good team with i think like five division 1 players uh at, how do you say it mater moderate eye i think moder- it's moder modern day i believe modern day. i think it's it moder day i think uh, okay Long time powerhouse in California. Latin. Devin Askew, the guy we've been talking about for, I don't know, a month or longer uh, and predicting to, would commit to Kentucky, finally made it official at like almost midnight Eastern time um, th- through ESPN. Uh, but he is committed to Kentucky and is not saying he's reclassifying from 2021, but I'm just telling people. He will eventually reclassify to 2021. I'd be really surprised if he doesn't. Right now, he's the number one or number two point guard in the class of 2021, um, depending on who you listen to. He's a top 10 player in that class. Really good player and a key piece because we know for sure whether they get Cade Cunningham or not now that they're going to have a, a legit high level point guard um, to go with all these wings and shooting guards that they've signed or gotten committed. Uh, for next year. So, more pieces are coming. Even if they don't include Cade Cunningham, they're going to get two or three more really, really good players. And this is going to be a super stacked Kentucky team. I don't think we need to belabor that point. We can talk a little more about Ask You next week. Uh, and if you want to read about him, I'll have a thing up early uh, Friday morning um, on The Athletic about him. I talked to his um, AAU team director. He plays for a guy that. Uh, the the, the AA, Nike AAU team uh, sponsored by uh, a guy that Brett knows well, Russell Westbrook, Team Why team Not. Team
2: Why Not. Yeah. Got a, and, got a big kick out of the point guard of Russell Westbrook's AAU team being named Ask You. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Just so yeah. great. Next uh, question. Yeah, not going to answer it. But uh, it yeah. was interesting stuff from his uh, Nike, uh, his team director. He, he is a guy who had helped coach – Um, actually Tayshawn Prince, uh, Tyson Chandler and Aaron Aflalo in high school.
0: Compton Uh, Dominguez, right? Yeah. 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 Well, two of those three went to
1: Dominguez. Um, and he, he said that Askew's like on par with those guys in terms of, you know, how good he could be. Mm. Um, and, Mm. and, and and, yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, he's, he compared him a lot to Aflalo in terms of just being like a gym rat, um, very very uh, selfless point guard who, like, wants to play with other stars. Like, he's embraced that. He played with five or six other really high-level guys on his – I mean, he was playing with Jalen Green <laughs> uh, and, and another five-star kid, um, Namari Burnett, on his AAU team and, and really kind of oh, made that them kid's go. good, yeah. Got them – you know, got – you know, Askew was the kind of the missing piece. They went out and recruited him. They sought him out and recruited him to make to make that team a contender, and he, he led them to the Peach Jam uh, championship game. Um, and so I talked a lot to, to this uh, this guy about that and kind of who who Askew is. We we've talked about him being kind of a dog, um, kind of having an edge to him. And and he you know, again these are kind of lofty uh, comparisons, but he said he has like that sort of Kobe Bryant like Fu mentality.
0: Um and this guy really is he reaches up for comparisons for sure.
1: Yeah, but I mean we, we were just thinking of uh frame of mind, not necessarily talent. Um you for know sure. you want you want a guy who's got a little edge to him at point guard, especially oh, can There's a fight guards.
0: going on. Uh so- Sorry, what? got distracted. Uh, Luca in the street, and, uh, in, your ha-
1: in your neighborhood? or
0: Luca and Terrence Mann are getting into it, the boat rocker for, uh, for the clips. We need to take a break, and then we can come back and just talk about whatever we damn well please. But guys, uh, I need to tell you, there's something pressing on my chest, and the only way for me to... Uh, feel better is for me to tell you about Grassroots Pharmacy, which is a locally owned, independent pharmacy looking to change your idea of what a pharmacy is supposed to be. They place a strong focus on nutrition, supplementation, and alternative therapies like CBD Oil. We all know that one. See that everywhere now. Their pharmacists know that there's nothing more important than your family's well-being, and they're going to take the time to get to know you, explain your medication, and answer any questions that you might have. They accept most insurance plans, including Medicare, and they are located at 2304 Sir Barton Way in Hamburg Pavilion, located at that four-way stop next to the Best Buy on the parking lot side where Regal Cinema is. Open Monday through Friday, 8 to 6 p.m. Saturday, 10 to 3. Website is grassrootspharmacy.com and you can call them at 859-263-1382. So yeah, we talk about uh, Devin Askew a little bit there. Like I said, I think he's sort of a a nice connective tissue between, you know, slashers. I think that he's going to be, and I think that he could play with Cade Cunningham. Some of the, there's been some interesting sort of last, 12-hour buzz, would you say, about Cade? We don't have to get totally on that. but Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, there was this big surge of, of, wow, Kentucky might get him. Like, maybe they lead for him, and now it's swinging back the other way with some of the guys that are pretty plugged in saying, still saying Oklahoma State. It'll be a battle. I think Kentucky's in it. I think Oklahoma State's in it. I think it's probably going to be one of those two. Either he goes with his brother or he goes to the NBA factory, mm-hmm. uh, and he goes to the place where he could win a championship. I mean, if he comes to Kentucky, there will be – the odds-on favorite to win it all. Um, but, yeah, we, we don't have to go get down in the weeds with that again. There is a football game this weekend. There is. Georgia, there are people uh, probably wringing yeah, their hands. Yeah, I'm sure there are people angry about it. But, like, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm really not going to apologize for saying, look, I will eat crow uh, if they win that game. But they're just not equipped this season to go win in Athens. Uh, even with as badly as, as Georgia played last weekend, that even makes me more so think that they're going to come out and try to steamroll Kentucky. It was a wonderful story. What Lynn Bowden did last week. I don't think you can keep doing that every week with great success. And against a defense like Georgia, uh, we're not going to do over under stats. We have, we want to talk to Brett about some NBA stuff and, and some, some other stuff, but, uh, I will give a score prediction. Yeah,
0: I'll let's say, do some quick score predictions here.
1: I, I'm going to say it's going to be ugly. It's going to be, you know, Georgia 41, Kentucky 17. I mean, they're damn gonna, man, it, Kyle. You know, uh, that gonna, <laughs> was that your exact score? <laughs> well, I was going
0: to say 42, 14, but <laughs> that works. Yeah.
1: They're different. That's yeah. close
0: enough.
1: I mean, we both think they're going to get run, and that's not. I mean, it's just not an. In, it's not an insult to Kentucky. They're just they they're missing a lot of pieces, and uh, you know. I just I don't think this is a game they can go win. The rest of the season I think is wide open to them, but but this is one that's just hard hard to imagine. So yeah. let's move on <laughs> from from that. And we'll talk football after it happens. We can talk the bloodbath uh and and review the carnage on Monday.
0: Well, there's a couple of Kentucky relevant sort of connections, you know, well, Brett, you've kind of followed Anthony Davis around now. So you've, you've kind of become the, uh, the, how Brian Windhorse is connected to LeBron. You're sort of that to AD a little bit now, aren't you? Well, we're
2: not quite there yet. I mean, uh, this will be my third year covering him in the third different place. And, uh, Wendy's had quite a run with LeBron. Well, uh, but, I was know, reaching up. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Re- reach <laughs> up for your comparisons. I like it. Um... By the way, before I say anything else, I just want to say that it's such an honor to be on live when you're doing one of those ad reads. And also, <laughs> this is my second favorite podcast of all time that routinely brings up a Best Buy parking lot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's but, pretty good, yeah.
2: No, uh, Anthony Davis and I did talk about that yesterday, about uh, <laughs> about the fact that I am essentially following him around the country for a career. Um, so it's not a bad career. And it's, you know, it's already been kind of fun, the first... Um, preseason game that he played in, uh, since I got on the beat was last night and really watch he had eight assists in that game, four in the first quarter and four in the third. And those are basically the quarters that he really played a lot of minutes. And, you know, the thing I wrote about was just watching. It's, it's really exciting when you, when you kind of parachute in on him every few years, you see how much he grows as a player over that span of time. And the passing thing for him is amazing how much it's changed. I remember the year I covered him in new Orleans, Alvin Gentry was in his first year as the head coach there, and he was really harping on it. It's the next thing for AD. It's the next thing if he wants to, you know, elevate as an offensive player. And, man, he got it. It took a couple years. But his feel for when a double team is coming is much better than it used to be. And more than that, it's like, who's going to react to to that double coming and where's that guy going to go? He just anticipates all those things so much better now. And um, he's such a – I think last year was a year where we – Nobody forgot he's a great player, but other stuff distracted from what a great player he is. Uh, mm-hmm. I think
0: he's going to have a great year. Totally. Yeah. Um, and, Kyle, did you have something there?
1: No, I, I think, yeah, I think this is, uh, I think just mentally for him, just hitting the reset button, like, and believing that he's with another bona fide superstar in a town that, you know, really cares and where there's maybe an, an actual championship at stake will elevate him. Too, you know, I just don't think. I think human nature. It's great to think that these guys all will just like play their hardest and really tap into their best, regardless of the situation. But that's not realistic. That's not how human beings are are made. And I think I think he'll he will rise to the occasion. He certainly did at Kentucky. I mean, it seemed like in those like every time he got the big moment, he very much was. Uh we got an early look at that, that he was like very much up to it. Which is really weird too, that he came from like just as Mike Brett and I laugh about this all the time and say it to each other all the time. <laughs> Michael Kid Gilchrist referring to Anthony Davis high school team. Oh, Ants team? They suck. That's <laughs> <like> the, <laughs> the the best the best ever. I mean, it was a horrifically bad high school team. They that were he bad, that yeah. he had like the killer gene like the very next year on like this the, the most massive of stages is kind of unusual, but it, you know, it seems to have come naturally to him.
2: You know, the thing that about that, when I think back about those days with him, um, you know, one thing was that a, a coach told me after the season, after that first year, I was having a conversation with another coach who had recruited him and was very disappointed not to have get, gotten him. And I told him that the exact thing, Kyle, like, it's unbelievable, man. He played at this tiny little, you know, perspectives charter school, and they, they won like nine games or whatever with the best player in high school basketball. And yet somehow he gets thrown into those situations at Kentucky, and he's just awesome. And, you know, what the guy told me was, you know, you had to watch him with Mean Streets, you had to watch him in AAU, and that's where he was an MFer, you know, that's, and, and he didn't say MFer, but I'm doing right. that for the benefit of the podcast. Uh, you know, he was a killer in those games. He he was awesome in AAU games. When when the going got tough against really good teams, he played awesome. And I think some people who saw him in that environment kind of expected it at Kentucky. I think the surprising thing is it hasn't really happened for him in the NBA, although he's statistically been great in the playoffs. He's been really good. Um, they haven't won a lot, and some of that is roster construction and health and all sorts of, and running into the Warriors. Um, yeah. but, but he's been, if you look at his playoff numbers, they are spectacular.
0: Uh, I was going to make a little, some kind of a segue there to talk about, uh, something Brett, you and I texted about briefly. I think it might've been yesterday, but first we need to take one more break. Uh, time is flying by with this great conversation, but let's, uh, let's take a break and then we'll touch a little bit more on that and some more, uh, Kentucky adjacent NBA stuff. So the last couple of days, uh, this is going to kind of foreshadow something that I'm working on right now. But I've been kind of looking a lot at uh, player development curves and uh, sort of, you know, one of the, a lot of the NBA nerds. I don't count myself among like the stat nerds, but I know them and I talk to them, and I know you guys know some too. Uh, I was kind of looking for sort of the cumulative catch-all statistic for uh, that can sum up a player's overall value and. Uh, box plus minus is what i was pushed towards so i spent a lot of time looking at age and first 7 years of a player's career and trajectory and where should a player be at this time if they want to be on what we would consider the mvp curve and uh, i just kind of compared all those things and what i found out was you know the average age for an mvp to hit their you know apex is around 26.6 uh, which Anthony Davis is going to be turning 27 here soon, I believe. He's 20. He, was he 26 it, this past year? It'll be
2: in the spring. Actually, after we had this conversation, I looked at this last night on Basketball Reference, so he's 26.2 right That's now. Ins-
1: I can't believe Anthony Davis is only 26 years old. Also,
2: insane. as I found out and yeah. did not know, I'm sure I knew his birthday, um, but he played on his birthday the year that I covered them in New Orleans, and I asked him, have you ever played on your birthday before? Just because you know, some sometimes a guy he'll play great on a certain day that has special meaning or whatever. And I asked him, "Have you ever played on your birthday before?" And he said, "You're kidding me, right?" And I was like, "No, I I really don't know." And he was like, "You were there. Uh, Vanderbilt beat us in the SEC Ooh, tournament. He that was, was like, his I'll birthday. Never, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, I
1: that's I don't a bad remember. Birthday.
2: I I don't know if you know this, but like during that tournament, Michael Kidd Gilchrist had gone to John Calipari. And said, I thought <laughs> never, <laughs> never Smith. heard
1: that mentioned before. That's you know, really that's... the
2: thing I remember about that tournament. I had no idea at the time. I'm sure I didn't yeah. even know at the time it was Anthony Davis's birthday.
1: I remember Michael Kidd Gilchrist being so inconsolably angry after that game, like that I was certain that they had done it, that, that Calipari had thrown that game and that they were going to just flatten everybody and win the national title. Um, and I imagine Anthony Davis was similarly similarly pissed. By the way, uh, uh, the Anthony Davis playoff averages are thirty and a half <laughs> points and twelve point seven rebounds. He's a uh, monster. He, was, and he's he was really good in thirteen only thirteen career playoff games, but he's had some huge ones.
2: And probably I think eight of those um, he's been guarded a lot by Draymond Green. Yeah. So yeah, he
1: yeah. had like a couple forty point games against the uh, the Warriors. Yeah. yeah. He's a monster. I think uh, I think they're
0: going to be really good. Like, Well, yeah. I think that the, the cake is sort of baking here for an MVP season, it seems like, too, because the average, I was going to add on there, too, you know, the age is 26.6, and uh, the year of the career it averages out to 7.6 for the last 20 MVPs. So if he was going to win one, it really seems like this would be a good time, and it seems like LeBron, kind of where he is in the career, it makes sense for him to kind of – set Davis up so that you know Bron can save himself a little bit towards for the for the end of the year. I mean, what do you what do you what's the consensus on that? Or have you heard people talk much about that out in LA? Is do you do you get the vibe that maybe they're they're really going to try to gun for a Davis MVP year? It's interesting.
2: I mean, I, I think they'd love to set him up for it because I mean, the, you know, the the thing we don't talk a lot about with AD at this point is he's got one year on this contract. So you know, I think the Lakers want to be as good as they can be and they want him to be as good as he can be and they want to make this an environment that he can't think about leaving, you know, that he doesn't think about his other options next summer. So I think they'd certainly like to set him up there and I think they're in a stage now, LeBron is in a stage now where ideally he'd be doing a little less. Still going to be have a big workload. He said last night, you know, he had seen a stat somewhere that he had 7,000 more miles of NBA wear on his body than Vince Carter, who is seven years older than he is. Um, and that's just something about, obviously, just how much playoff time LeBron has played. But basically, that was it was an answer to a question somebody asked him about maybe reducing his workload. And he said, it sounds good. You know, it sounds good to say that I'll do that. But, I, you know, he, the way he put it was that this is what he's built for on the court and off the court. He views himself as a workload guy. So I don't know that it'll change a lot, but I do think he is the kind of guy who— He's not going to go down fighting it if it turns out that the best thing to do is make AD the featured player because I think LeBron's at the point in his career where, one, he'd probably like that to a certain extent, and two, it's always been his nature is to set up other people.
0: It's true. And and also, with LeBron, it's a little bit of a, of a trick because… LeBron is like one of those jazz guitarists that you watch and their hand is like barely moving, but they're playing like a million notes. It's just because the efficiency and like the economy of movement within within his game is such that he can barely move and still average 28, eight and eight. It's like that's just kind of the, the way he is. But yeah. Um, Another, uh, Kyle. Did you have anything else you wanted to tack on that before we? No, touch this is. On? A, Sorry,
1: I'm going to sound like the, like the dumb guy that's on, and I am relative to you two about the NBA by by throwing this total aside in. But as I was like looking up his uh, playoff stats on. Basketball reference. There, I'm always uh, intrigued by their little bios. I think it was you that tweeted the other day about some player. Like, I don't think this nickname has ever been used about this player.
2: I think this every it's day. Amazing. It's a, I, I know what you're going to say right now, Kyle. I know exactly uh, uh, what you're going to talk about.
1: Are you sure? All right. I, Do you, does, I bet I, it, I. Are you going to? Bring, are you going to bring Do up you,
2: Fat Man? Is that? Gonna <laughs>
1: well, a, well, I was going to bring up Fat Man because yeah. I don't. I don't know what Fat Man is. P H. One of his listed nicknames is P-H-A-T-M-A-N. But also, does anybody know what his middle name is without looking N- at it? i
0: never heard that in my life. Uh, uh, I feel I, like I knew that at one I, point. I'm sure I also have known it at some point, but I not
1: I had no... I absolutely... I don't remember ever knowing it. Anthony Marshawn Davis.
2: Yeah, I did know that.
1: But but does anybody know... Has anybody ever asked him what Fat Man is?
2: No, and I've been thinking about that. And actually, um, Kyle, who was it that you... Tweeted that about it was Mike oh, Dunleavy.
0: Mike Dunleavy, the natural, the natural, <laughs> the natural. The, the Never heard that. In my life, natural
1: it's- what? The natural like poster boy for Quaker Oats or like? <laughs> yeah, he does look
0: like a Quaker. That's weird. Yeah, <laughs> I
2: think somebody has written Quaker. <laughs> <laughs> I think somebody has written the uh, the basketball reference nicknames story, and if they haven't. Then I should. You should tomorrow. Because it's. Grandpa, the other one that's I want so,
1: some modes. <laughs> the, yeah. the other
2: one that's so great. And there are a bunch of them. If you go through and you look, it's like. <laughs> so like, if you go to Carmelo Anthony, his is one of my favorites. So you got Mellow, right? Okay. That's a nickname. We all concede. That's a Carmelo Anthony nickname. Hoodie Mellow, Yes. Became a thing. Hoodie Mellow And Sweet Melon. Which, of course. <laughs> Sweet. Everybody's Melon. just yeah. always calling him. Oh, look at Sweet Melon out there. He's really
0: cooking. Beautiful it's, mid-ranger from Sweet Melon there. Sweet one. Melon getting back in the league? Spitting, uh, spitting the seeds out th- there, Also, yeah.
1: does anybody call John Wall Optimus Dime?
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good, though.
1: I like yeah, it. Does anybody call Andre Drummond Big Penguin? Big Penguin.
0: Penguin.
2: I hope so. I hope uh, that, like... I might actually... I would like to just pick one of these, like maybe Andre
0: Drummond, and just walk up in a pregame scrum and Call be like, what him. up, just, what
1: up, big penguin?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I well, mean, uh, I'm just
1: like amazed by these.
0: Speaking of Andre Drummond, our guy PJ Washington posterized Andre Drummond. Did oh, my I, God, I, I, yeah, I, put oh it God. on his
1: back. Yeah, that was yeah. a crazy picture. From last night, I think
0: there's always He's, a weird adjustment period to see these guys like doing stuff like this to like established NBA players. Where I'm like, if it were me, which there's no chance I would ever be there, but I just feel like I don't know, there's a there's just sort of a weird reality thing that has to set in, like Tyler Hero getting it into getting into it with Michael Carter Williams. Like, yeah. I don't know, it's just so bizarre. Well, it's like it,
1: a, it's like almost like a high school kid because it was like they were a high school kid a year ago.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's a weird, weird thing when do that. when guys start to say because guys have a weird sense. Younger guys have a weird sense of what growing up means. Because they'll with the, like a guy who was playing when they were fifteen, they'll be like, I, "I grew up watching that guy, so it's crazy to be
0: playing against him." And it's like, "Well, you were fifteen, he
2: was you were 20, grown up. You know? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, you were grown up already. It's
0: true." So uh, the well, I, we we've just burned through this episode. Uh, the, the last thing I wanted to ask you about was you briefly had some time with Shay. Uh and around around the OKC uh, program that program well team organization uh what what was what's your vibe about like how they feel about Shea out there and like uh, I mean you said you you were telling me that you kind of had, had been around well I don't really remember now if you said this or not but Chris Paul and his feelings about Shea and just what's the vibe out there right now
2: Yeah I mean they're really high on him it's it's the the reason that they feel. Good about the Paul George trade is, I mean, the reason they feel good is all is the total haul that they got from that Paul George trade. But I think in terms of winning a real victory in that trade, they had to make the Clippers give up Shea. The Clippers really didn't want to do it. They wanted to put together this haul, um, similar haul of draft picks, and hold on to Shea Gilgis Alexander, which would make the Clippers. Uh, frighteningly good uh, if they were able to do that. And the Thunder really were adamant about getting him in that deal. They, they are really high on him. And given where they are right now, just traded Paul George, just traded Russell Westbrook, starting over despite the fact that they have kind of an experienced team, they won't have those guys around forever. I think the way they sort of view this internally is because of the Hall of draft picks they've got, and they have like 15 coming in the next uh, whatever it is, uh, eight years, something along those lines. I, I've now forgotten the exact number. But that and the fact that they feel like they're starting over with a franchise point guard, you know, they, they feel like all that sort of puts them a couple years ahead of the curve on a rebuild, um, and that's how they view him. Now, he's not going to play it a whole lot this year. Um, he's going to be off the ball a lot of the time. It's just the nature of their team. They have Chris Paul and they have Dennis Schroeder, and those three guys um, are are three of their five or six best players, So they're going to have to get them all on the floor as much as they can, and they're going to have to, I think at some points they did in the preseason at least, have all of them out there together. And when they do that, obviously Shea won't really be on the ball ever. So I think his time on the ball is going to be really limited. So it's kind of a weird transitional year because I do think they view him as the future of the franchise at point guard. Um, obviously that's a, that's a a legacy position that means a lot there after Russell Westbrook. And it's, you know, it's arguably the most important position in the league. And so I I do think they feel really good about where they're going, having him, and they are incredibly high on him. And Chris Paul is incredibly uh, sold on Shea as a player and was actually even before, you know, Chris, I think is like a lot of us probably checks in on his old jobs. Uh, and, and, Hmm. um, you know, he saw the Clippers a lot and was a big fan of Shea's and, and said that he. Both those guys talked about the fact that they talked at summer league before the trade happened, um, and Chris was telling him, you know, to how what a big fan he was, and just to kind of keep his head up and keep going and plugging away and getting better.
1: Basketball Reference has no nicknames for Shea Gilgis Alexander, but did you know Andrew Wiggins <laughs> is Maple Jordan? I did know that one. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> one. That one was like uh, from his high school
2: days. I think. Uh,
1: I, I had never heard that one. Uh, a, a guy, a guy we all know and love, Eric Gordon. I think we we're all familiar with the nickname "The Hobbit." <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's got to be a. That's got to be a. Foot somebody's thing. messing
2: around <laughs> a foot so thing. Good. It's got to yeah. be. It's got to be something. He's got. I mean, he's an NBA player, so he probably has jacked up feet.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to see like what an explanation is, but most of uh, them do.
2: Is what I'm saying. If you didn't know that, right? Oh, yeah. Right. Yes. I mean, yeah. you've my- seen Kevin Durant's feet. Everybody's. Seen,
1: like, oh yeah, Kevin no, Durant's feet my- are famous. And the, I mean, uh, I just, I just play recreationally and I have
0: terrible feet, so I can only imagine. Yeah. Curtis loves when I talk about the fact that I play pickup. He likes to give me crap about that. Hey, Curtis. Uh, <laughs> Curtis,
1: eat, eat Curtis sent Curtis sent Kyle <laughs> and I a, te- a screenshot of a message he got today about how much the podcast sucks since he left.
0: <laughs> hey, guess what, but guy that said that, you suck. I don't care what your opinion is.
1: Yeah, how boring oh. are you now? Hey. <laughs> he said it was boring anyway. without us. Without anyway...
0: Curtis. Brett, it was great having you. You're you're a uh, you're polished. Uh, just a just a you're you're the natural when it comes to podcasts, man. Good job. You're Here's like you're like you're like Mike
1: Scott, man. the regional manager. Manager.
0: Yeah. Good God. <laughs> that's that's, that's a, another that's one. Funny, but anyway, uh, yeah, you should come back on, man. Totally. Would you be willing to say so, yes? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I like I like podcasting yeah
1: it's good and you should listen to brett's podcast on the athletic
2: basketball reasons on the uh lakers channel on the athletics uh podcast network and our channel is called the forum club
0: sweet totally i uh yeah well and check out uh yeah check out brett's work and, and kyle's work yet another reason to subscribe to the athletic uh and check out uh kyle you had something that just went up right
1: uh, yeah, I had, well, like I said, as people listen to this, I'll have a Devin ask you kind of a breakdown of his game. Um, uh, but also I had a thing that actually kind of caught fire today. I just now looked and like a lot of people, uh, read. no, I've just like, it was an unexpected thing. Uh, I did, well, it was, we talked about it yesterday, the, the, uh, the poll, the player poll from the SEC Basketball media days. I think it must be because there was some like kind of uh, trashing of Kentucky. (laughs) I think that always catches fire. Like Rupp Arena is not all that cool, and maybe John Calipari isn't the best coach in the league. Maybe that's why people uh, caught wind of that one.
2: Also, one thing we've learned at the athletic, people love a poll. They just love a player poll. They do. It's all of them do well.
1: Yeah, I We did one. uh, uh, We did one. Jeff Greer and I like the first weekend of AAU in the spring about like pretty innocuous topics from high school recruits and it people loved it it was odd
0: <laughs> subscribe to the ringers youtube channel and uh follow me on twitter at jkyleman. follow kyle at kyle tucker underscore ath and uh brett what's your handle it's b dawson writes w-r-i-t-e-s follow all these gentlemen so we will uh we will see you next time folks
1: goodbye